0: blog talk radio
1: Welcome once again to Madam Perry Salon, the podcast that loves you, the podcast with more celebrities than the last inauguration, and that is no joke. We have been having so much fun, and it's thanks to you for the reviews you give, for subscribing, uh, suggestions you give me. It really, really makes a difference and uh, to me and to my guests because they love it too, uh, if you're listening tonight live, and this is November 2nd, 2020, p.m. Eastern, the rest of you know what time it is where you are, and if you're listening live on Blog Talk Radio, there is a box, uh, I believe it's a rectangular box, and it's I call it fuchsia azalea color, and it says follow if you are so inclined to follow on Blog Talk Radio. Please click there, or whatever your podcast, your favorite podcast platform is. Please follow. By the way, we're on a Stitcher and Apple iTunes. L oh, and thank you for all the nice reviews I've gotten on there. Uh, where you give what you like about the different guests, and I appreciate that. Um, also, we're on. I think it's what Podbean, uh, Last FM, Spotify, and iHeartRadio, and those last two are new, so yay. Uh, but that's a lot of fun. And we have had fun lately. We've had uh, the marquee, Michael Debar, uh, and talking about his new documentary, Who Do You Want Me To Be?, which, as he explained to us, was, or as we learned in the... Documentary. If you've watched it on Amazon Prime, it's because he uh, co-wrote the song "Who Do You Want Me to Be" to make you sleep with me. You're my obsession. So, uh, yeah. So that's a great documentary. You know, his career started when he, I think, commercials as a kid, and we was in the movie "To Sir with Love," and then that was before he was with Power Station and uh, all that. But anyway, so my, my, um excuse me, Marquis Michael DeBar. And um, Arden Marine. Oh my gosh. Arden Marine has got a brand new book called Little Miss Little Compton because she grew up in Little Compton, Rhode Island. I have to admit, when her publisher gave me the book to uh, listen, read and review, I didn't know that much about her. Started reading it, and now I've been catching up on her. I watch Insatiable just for Arden Marine. Uh, she was on Mad TV, a show called Shameless, and she's been on probably about 100. She's got an IMDb page that's that's it's huge. It's long. It's about a half a mile long. So, uh, Arden Marine, that was fun. If you get her book, While the Supplies Last, uh, not the books, but she made, she had some tote bags made to go with her books. And my friend Kenya got a book and got her tote bag and sent the picture to me. So, yeah, get that. We also had Jen Lancaster. Her newest book is Welcome to the United States of Anxiety. Jen Lancaster is fantastic. Coming soon we've got Ricky Bird Wednesday night, uh, night af- day after tomorrow, Wednesday night. Ricky Bird uh, former guitar player for Joan Jett and the Black Hearts. That's where he was inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame with Joan Jett and the Black Hearts. Um, he's also played with Blue Oyster Cult and several other groups and he's Been working with groups, you know, since he's been in recovery for, I think, almost 20 years. Uh, He's been sober, and this is his second CD. He came on here with his first one, um, I think, about a year and a half ago. But this one is called Sobering Times. Right now, he just spends a lot of time with people who are in rehab facilities. And uh, he calls himself, I think, a sobriety or recovery troubadour. Anyway, so Ricky Bird will be back here Wednesday night. And just go to my Facebook page for Madame Perry Salon, and you'll see everybody that's coming up through the end of the month. And it's 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 a great list. I'm very excited. Now tonight's guest. A lot of my friends have heard me talk about this, and you might have seen me posting about it on Twitter or Instagram or Facebook. Yeah, just wherever I can get a minute to put it up I have been bragging about this guest because she is fantastic she's an award-winning mystery writer brilliant I could go on and on but I want to just start talking with her so please welcome it's her first time here
0: in the genie bottle please welcome Susan Cox welcome well this is just lovely of you to have me thank you so much
1: Well, I'm delighted. I hope you're comfortable here in the genie bottle. I hope you've got a nice cushion to sit on. I do. It's a pink velvet one. Oh, good, 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 good. That's the (laughs) one. uh, Yeah, none of the dogs have claimed that yet, so that's good. That's very good. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Well, I have to tell you. I think I think I might have mentioned this to you recently. You know, I've had a lot of books that I, I overcommitted myself to reading a lot of books to do reviews, and I was getting behind them. So when I started reading your book, then I was going, you know, like, oh, I can't read this. i got to finish the other one to do my reviews. I got, and I would sneak. It was like I was sneaking around. It was like I was cheating or something to sneak off and, and read your book in the middle <laughs> of the night. Like so they, like they wouldn't know what I was doing because it's in the dark and so I'm in bed or something. and. Um, you know that was kind of like a sneaky little rush too, and then finally I just had to stop everything and just finish reading it because I couldn't keep doing it in pieces because I got it. I had to know what was going on, and that was your book, uh, The Man on the Washing Machine, which is oh, nice. the uh, The Man on the Washing Machine was your first mystery novel. It won the Mystery Writers of America and Minotaur Books' uh, first crime novel award. Now. I got, I can't imagine how many submissions they had for this. Uh, I mean, Mystery Writers of America—that's a prestigious group. Minotaur it, Books, it's, up press present imprint. It,
0: they get. They get um, about. It, it varies from year to year, but typically they get four or five hundred, which is you know, and they're all full-length manuscripts. So it's it's a lot of work on on the part of a, a lot of writers who are hoping to to win this this. Um, this award—it's—it's it's really, really quite something.
1: Susan, tell me what that was like, though, to to you submit your book, and then you find out that you won. You
0: know, it was—it's interesting. I—I I had um, i we've talked about this a little bit before, but I, I was a full-time fundraiser for nonprofit organizations. Uh, for many years, and you know a lot of a lot of people who want to to be writers but can 't afford to sort of give up their day job as it were will add two or three hours to their morning or their evening hours and and i i i 'm not a very i 'm not very good at that I, 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 I joke about being neither a morning or an evening a night owl you know i 'm not a morning person nor a night owl um, i 'm really just you know, eleven o'clock until two o'clock in the afternoon are my my prime my prime hours. <laughs> so, um, so it, it was it, it for me. It just wasn't a case of being able to do it as well as work. So, I gave up my job and decided to give myself a year and a half to sort of see if I could make it. You know, I'd always wanted to be a mystery writer. I'd always, and um, so that's you know that's what I decided to do. And I sent off the. I've read about the contest, which is held every year. And by the way, if any of your listeners are mystery writers um, who are unpublished, this is a wonderful, wonderful contest. It doesn't cost to enter. This year, I believe the year's contest is January 1st. So um, it's it's a huge step up for um, an unpublished mystery writer as I was at the time Um, when I when I won the contest very much to my surprise um, the prize is a a publishing contract I mean it's not a small thing and uh, and a considerable amount of prestige too so it's it's great I would encourage anyone who has sort of you know aspirations in that direction to uh, to enter I really would Well, yeah,
1: it is. It is a pretty prestigious. uh, I mean, your first book, and you're with a with Minotaur Press. I mean, that's that's a big deal, and have some money, and so many people. It really is.
0: I mean, yeah. I mean, they're they're one of the one of the top five in New York, and it's really, it's a tremendous, uh, tremendous kickstart to a career.
1: Yeah, definitely. Uh, So how long did you have to wait? I mean, what was that like? I mean, I would be like, uh, uh, what, what am I going to get in the mail? Is it going to be good? Is it going to be bad? Am I going to get a call? What?" So
0: <laughs> it was, you know, it's a funny thing. Having, having sent the thing off, I basically forgot about it. I, I think the deadline was then in December. I think the, I, I knew that the winner was going to be announced in, in uh, March at the end of March. And, um, Yeah, I didn't really have an awful lot of expectation, to tell you the truth. I really didn't expect to win. I mean, I knew that there were hundreds of manuscripts submitted. I knew it would be, you know, a long shot at best. And I was just thrilled, absolutely thrilled to get that telephone call from the um, executive um, editor at Minotaur Press. I mean, it just couldn't have been more exciting. Um, And, you know, it's, it's a publishing contract. It means seeing your book in hard covers. It means they they uh, give you a ticket to go to the Edgar's, which are sort of like the, the mystery World Oscars. Um, mm-hmm. I, it, it was just it was a, it was an absolutely wonderful experience. I can't say I can't say enough about it. It was a thrill of a lifetime.
1: Well, I hope felt like a like a movie sort of thing because that's that I always said that kind of thing happens in the movies. So it had to be pretty,
2: <laughs>
1: pretty dreamlike. Yeah, I would it imagine. Was,
0: it, it truly was, and you know the the actual um, the presentation of the award takes place at the Edgar Dinner, which is, you know, there were three or four hundred of the the kind of mystery writers that I had been reading my entire life <laughs> in the room. Yeah. Um, wow! It was it was truly it was a thrill it was it was a thrill and um of course then nowadays um people are sort of more accustomed to sort of pretty much instantaneous publishing like you know we we expect that things will happen quickly but in actual fact uh it usually takes the best part of a year from the acceptance to the actual seeing the actual book um you know there's there a lot of back and forth with editors there's the the art for the cover that has to be done there's it was just a, a, a tremendous amount went into it, and um I, you know by the time I held that book in my hand, I felt as if it should weigh five hundred pounds and be five feet tall, you know uh-huh. I
3: mean,
1: <laughs> uh-huh. I it was imagine. it was
0: just great mhm
1: oh. so um now this is the, the new book is the one that you that we've been talking about, the man on the washing machine. And folks, this is totally unbiased to me. I love the book. I love the scenery. I mean, you started right out of the gate with our heroine, our protagonista. Uh, she already has an exciting backstory as well as living in a, a fat, I mean, San Francisco is such a special city. And I don't think there's anything exactly like it in America. And she's got a little backstory that's kind of mysterious, but she starts getting this. you know, it's not like, she, I mean, she's not, I wouldn't say she's on the lam, but let's just say she's trying to cover her identity. Is that more like it?
0: You know, I'm, lo- I'm losing you, Jen. Okay, can you hear me uh, now? Would, 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 I can hear you just fine now, yes. I think there's a little bit of fading in and out. Hmm. We were talking okay. just before we went on the air, weren't we, about the, how technology so often lets us down in small ways. Well, there you go. Now, maybe that's it for the evening. Let's hope so. Um, this is, yeah, let's hope so, because uh, yeah. I've been working. I spent the day, most of the part of the
1: day, working the phone banks for telling people to vote. So maybe they've got the line oh. blocked up. You know, they should have known. When I got through, they should have stopped for a while. People are having dinner, for Pete's sake. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> so <laughs> the character, so, uh, sure your character, a... mm-hmm. Theo Bogart. Um, I was saying she, you know, you start off the gate out of the gate with the book. She's in a, a San Francisco is a fascinating city. It's just so full of uh, art and uh, arty people and people from all kinds of places. And Theo has somewhat of a, but she's not American. She's British. I don't want to say she's on the lamb, but she definitely has kind of a a little backstory that she's uh, sort of trying to keep under
0: wraps well that's right she um she she runs away from a very 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 difficult situation um in her native england where she mm-hmm. is sort of the um the plate de jour for the local tabloid press after a terrible family tragedy and she runs away just she really has it mm-hmm. ends up in san francisco and by the time her sort of she comes back to life emotionally as it were she finds that shes invested in the community, she's started to make friends, she's sort of working at a job that she likes, she adopts a, a, a very bad-tempered little dog that you know she comes across, and basically she kind of embeds herself in, in, uh, in the life of this um, community, um, and by the time she gets around to thinking about, well, perhaps she should tell people who she really is, it's too late, you know, there was just this, she just feels it's too too complicated to tell people about her her real story, and um, and then she gets involved in a murder investigation, which um, just involves many of the people that she's met and known over over the time that she's been in the city, and you know, as, as a, 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 a well bred amateur sleuth will do. She uh, she tries to solve the, uh, the the murder in order to sort of prevent uh, worse things happening to her friends. So, and um, San Francisco is I, I lived in San Francisco for 25 years, loved the city, and it's the kind of city it may be unique in this. I don't know. Um, they really allow you to essentially kind of pre- present your own story there. You know, mm-hmm. they they will allow people to come from anywhere in the in the world, and um, and just sort of take they take you at your own valuation. So she finds it very comfortable there, and finds it easy to to be, uh, you know, to be undercover, as it were.
1: Yeah, and she's a bad tempered dog. Yes, <laughs> she does. Um, so let me ask you, you with all the excitement. I mean, this is what you wanted to do. You know, you wanted to write and then you gave yourself the 18 months to do it. And I'm with you there. You know, I read about John Grisham and people saying, well, I would get up, you know, three hours early before I went to work and do this. And I'll talk about it. I'll say, I'm going to do it. Um, I might even say it out loud, but it's just not going to happen. it's not, and at the end of the day, I'm like you. At the end of the day, well, it's time to you know that pill is calling me. It just is. <laughs> so, um, but anyway, you did. You took the time. You made a plan, and it worked. And then you got the call. You won. You're so. But it took a uh, it, was, it took a bit between books, uh, between the publication of the man on the washing machine and the man in the microwave oven. Uh, so,
0: could, could you talk about it?
1: Did you need more time or what happened, Susan?
0: Well, it it was actually actually kind of a harrowing story. Um I wrote the second mystery. I wrote the man in the microwave oven. Um I was about to send it to my editor when I had a burglary at my home. Now, I I write about burglars and murderers and really it's it's nothing like as much fun in real life. <laughs> I said, it's in a, in a mystery novel. <laughs> it's, just, it's just not fun. Um, it's, uh, so I, he actually broke into my home while I was there. I was asleep. So this was a genuine cat burglar. He walked into my home, um, stole all of my electronics, my purse, my backup, uh, hard drive, my um, memory stick, backup, backup, if you will. So my script. My laptops, two laptops um and the work of nearly a decade i mean, there were about five or six unfinished manuscripts on those laptops um or they all went um, oh, so no. that was oh it, no it it was it, it was it was pretty shattering actually um so anyway, so um I had already taken. quite quite a long time to write the book in the first place and now I had to rewrite it and that's why there was so much time between the the first book and the second book Um, it really took me a long time to regroup before I could rewrite the novel I was lucky that I had some handwritten notes um, and in a way I was lucky that I had so recently finished the novel because it was fairly fresh in my mind Um, but it, it was, you know, the other things had never been recovered. So, um, however, mm. the burglar was eventually caught. Oh. Um, yeah, yeah. Um, it, it was, uh, you know, it really the whole thing reads, uh, it, it like, like reads a story. So he was so old, I was sleeping in the bedroom. He was two, two rooms away from me. He stole all of my stuff. He stole a brand new bottle of lemonade out of the refrigerator and took a drink and And left his DNA and left oh. his DNA behind i mean it's if you read about that, you'd think how hokey you know how hokey that can 't possibly be true, but there it was um so so they actually found him they, they eventually once they made the DNA match because I was not his first victim, unfortunately, I was not his last either, but um they did eventually match him up with his previous um arrest record, and um, he's now in jail awaiting trial, actually.
1: All right. Well, I'm glad he was caught. (laughs) And, and yes, somehow, Somehow, Susan, somehow it seems only fitting. I I know I haven't known you long, and I may not know you that well, but from what I know, somehow it seems fitting that your cat burglar would leave his DNA, so it would be like one of those crime, you know, ID investigation, Discovery <laughs> Channel shows or Dateline. I can see Keith Morrison I, interviewing I, you, saying,
0: "So he drank some lemonade." Okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's 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 true. I mean, I you, I suppose you have to think to yourself that if if they were smart, they'd be doing something else, right? I mean. Oh. You know, if it, it, we, we can't expect them to be rocket scientists, I suppose, but it really does seem beyond all to be so dumb as to leave your DNA on a lemonade mm. bottle of all things. I mean, <laughs> it,
3: just,
0: it wasn't even a bottle of good scotch, you know, it was just lemonade. <laughs>
1: No, no, seriously, uh, seriously, you know but, no, uh, listen, anyway, so not that's, the... but
0: that's the reason for the delay between the first and the second book, but the, the second book is as a matter of fact its uh, official publication date is tomorrow, so um it's it's you know it's it's really quite a thrill, it's been kind of a hard row but but it's or somebody I heard once saying it was a hard road to hoe i <laughs> I'm not sure how you would hold a road but anyway, the, <laughs> point, the point is that it's, it's out and it's, it's, it's in the stores as we speak. So, uh, Oh, wonderful. So,
1: yeah, and uh, by the way, this is a good time to say that if you listen to us live tonight, where I am thrilled to have award-winning mystery writer Susan Cox here on the show with me, um, you are welcome to call in. The number is 646-716-9922, 646 646- or if you're someplace where you can't actually make a phone call, you can always send me a message uh, through either, or Facebook, either through Jennifer Maudette Perry or Madam Perry Salon page, either one, and I'll share your comment or question with her. I bet you know what Maudette refers to, don't you? Because it's not really my name. The Modette, M-O-D-E-T-T-E?
2: Come on, Yeah, You know what, Jennifer?
1: I'm, I'm losing you again. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, I'll tell you what. we got some callers here. Uh, let's see. And I'm going to bring them on in. Would, uh, Hi. Welcome to Madam Perry Salon. You're here with me and Susan Cox. Just introduce yourself. and.
4: Hi. My name is uh, Olga Scarapa and I'm calling. I really enjoyed the man in the washing machine, and I was wondering um, what other mystery writers uh, susan was influenced by
0: hello susan yes hi i'm sorry yes go go right ahead what was that okay she i was that she oh go ahead say it again i was wondering
4: uh what other mystery writers influenced uh your book and how you write
0: I love that question because it gives me an opportunity to talk about the most wonderful, <laughs> the most wonderful mystery writers. Um, I suppose the the most obvious one is Agatha Christie, who I adore and every one of her books is like um, a masterclass in plotting. I mean, it's just oh. a wonderful, wonderful. Um, I love all of the golden age mysteries. I like Dorothy Sayers. I like uh, Nagayo Marsh. I think that's how she pronounced her first name. Nio Marsh. Um but it, you know, the sort of slightly newer ones I love Peter Lovesy, who is still writing and in fact I just finished his most recent book and I just I love his his books. I think he's wonderful. Um I don't know if you're familiar with Dick Francis, he's no longer he's no longer with us unfortunately, but um he has a background in in um horse racing and has written or has or did write um an absolutely wonderful Taking place in the world of of racing and horse breeding and things of that type, just he, he's just terrific as well. So um, this is sort of my major, I would say, my major influences. Um, no, I, I I'm a Thayer's yeah. fan too, and <laughs> Dick
4: Francis. I love both of them. Um, I'm not as much of a fan as mis- of
0: mystery writers now. That to give you
4: that it's so terrifying to read them your your book was not terrifying to read the connection
0: is very bad for some reason i don't know if it's my internet connection or not but could you mind repeating that um i enjoy
4: your book particularly because it's not so scary i hate being scared by what i read and your book was um you know it it moves along and it's it captures you but it's not terrifying the whole time which um I, i cannot abide it's more like the old school of mystery so, do you I agree. are you are you a fan of Sue Grafton or Sarah Paretsky?
0: I am a fan of both, as a matter of fact. Yes, I love you know starting with A is for for Alibi. I think I've read all of the Sue Grafton novels, um, and Sarah Paretsky also. V. I. Wachowski. just I love these sort of because um, they were sort of very modern in the eighties and sort of. Even the, even the late seventies, but certainly by the nineteen eighties and the early nineties, these sort of modern, um, um, not I wouldn't say hard boiled women, private eyes. They're not hard boiled, but they're tough, and um, they were just really excellent. And one of the things that I kind of like about the Sue Grafton novels is that they all take place in the nineteen eighties. So some of the problems that we face nowadays. Um, Like for example, now everybody has an internet connection and they can find out anything about anybody in five minutes. Everybody has a cell phone, so they're really never out of touch. Well, in the 1980s, neither of those things were true. So um, the the stories have a a slightly different, um, a different way of of kind of dealing with problems. There's there's no way for anybody to track you because there's no, you know, they. because you don't have your cell phone turned on it's it's, it's very interesting and and um, um nowadays we if we want somebody to be out of touch they have to either forget to charge their cell phone or they have to drop it in the ocean or something you know um
4: <laughs> i was you know, i love those
0: writers
4: mm-hmm. i love those writers because the the character of the protagonist continues through all the novels is theo going to come through all your novels too
0: well bless you for asking <laughs> yes indeed she 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 has been in the two that i've already written she's in the one that i'm writing now so hopefully she will continue to do to do that i i i'm going to have to find a way to deal with the secret life that she's been living i think we're going to have to sort of kind of somehow figure out a way to make that slowly disappear because we you know they become the I like the way that Again, the details... somebody in this day okay. and age can can really. Mm-hmm.
4: I love the way the details in all of those series come through gradually, so you get to know the person. And I was hoping to get to know Theo some more in your next books.
1: All right. Well, I, yeah. So do I, Olga. And the the. Uh... The new book, The Man in the Microwave Oven. Now I I understand it since you read it too, Olga, we know how the man got on the washing machine. How he got in the microwave oven. <laughs> I don't know and I and I don't want to spoil her right now. I don't want to spoil her. But we will be getting more of Theo and how she handles it. And uh, I'm glad okay. you
4: enjoy her as
1: well. Thank you
4: very much.
1: Well thank you so much for calling well, thank I really you. appreciate you. Okay. Yep. <laughs> Goodbye. All right, we got a. Uh, thank you. That was a nice call. Um, and I have another caller oh, here for me? you. Yeah. Oh, it's Delightful. So let's see. Hi. Welcome to Madame Perry Salon. You've been waiting a while. Thank you so much. Just um, introduce yourself and say hello to Susan Cox.
3: Well, I'm not sure. Is um, am I the one that's on next? It's you. Okay. Well, thank you. Um, you. I lived in San Francisco for many years myself, and I'm recognizing in the book, I think local places, sort of like McCondry Lane or maybe south of, uh, what is the South Market area. Susan, was, yes. did you model on those for your location? Because, of course, the house is in a very cool area with the built around, a, a you know, a park and a garden and so forth.
0: Well, you know what? I um. I I didn't consciously model it on anyone in one place in particular. Um, I used to, I used to live in San Francisco, as I said, and um, on the top floor of a, a, uh, well, actually I lived in Theo's building in a way in a different neighborhood. And I used to, you know, and I used to look out of my back, uh, my back window at the gardens back there and think, and everyone was different. Some were well taken care of, some were not, you know, it was just sort of a, a patchwork, and I, I always thought how nice it would be if they were all combined into this sort of pocket park, and that. So that's where the idea came from. It was really um, kind of a little bit of wishful, thinking, a little bit of wishful thinking. <laughs> but um, but it's certainly the kind of city. San Francisco is a city where it could happen. You know, where a place like Fabian Gardens really could occur. And I think that's partly what makes it appealing. You know, you think it could it could be real. It really could be. But you're quite well, right to uh, to go ahead.
3: Well, I was thinking of Mcandrew Lane that became famous, which is a real place. You know, up in Pacific. Yes, I guess yes. it's on Russian Hill. That was part mm-hmm. of the uh, uh, the now missing. Yeah, for sure. Um, you already talked about the about the theft um and how horrible that was which it truly was um this next book which is now out i'm ashamed to say i haven't gotten it yet but i did certainly enjoy the first one i will get <laughs> i hope to get the next one do we where do we get the book now
0: do we contact
3: you directly or do we go through amazon how is the book available or have you already talked about that
0: it's no, I, I haven't talked about it, but thank you for asking. I, I, that's the, my favorite kind of question. <laughs>
3: um,
0: <laughs> no, I, I, not, not, not from me directly. Uh, it is available through Amazon. It's also, it uh, should be available through, in fact, it is available through any independent bookstore that you can name. If you walk in and ask for it, if they don't have it, they will order it for you. Um, and, you know, I, I love to support independent bookstores. I mean, I think they really can be the lifeblood of a community. So I'm, you know, a, a big booster of that. But they're also available on Amazon. Um, and it's available as an ebook, you know, a sort of Kindle and Nook and all of those sort of things. So it's available just about every way you can imagine. It's also um, available as an Audible book, apparently. I just heard about that a couple of weeks ago. So um, there's absolutely no excuse not to have it. <laughs> No excuse at all.
1: <laughs> and, you know, I'm, I'm,
0: I'm glad <laughs> you mentioned that about
1: walking in and ordering, and I'm glad that you asked about getting the book. Uh, but as a publicist, as an entertainment publicist, I can tell you that if you do go into your favorite bookstore or call them and ask, if they don't have it, they'll order it. And every time they order it, it looks good for the publisher and for the author. It looks good. And they'll start thinking, you know, maybe we should stock these. You know, maybe we should put these up front. You know, people are asking about it, so that's good. So thank you for asking that. Yep,
0: no, that's absolutely right. And, and not that I'm trying to do myself out of a sale here, but that um, the same is true of libraries. If you go to your local library and say, do you have it? And if they say no, say, will you order it? Then they will also put it on – they will put it on their, um, their list. So um, – you really can, you know, you have a lot of options if, you know, if, if you want to do that. And you have a
1: lot of power to help your favorite authors that way. You've got the power. So, okay. All right, well, thank you so much for calling and asking questions for Susan and asking about buying. I can't, I can't wait to start it either. So You're welcome, and
3: thank you. You're
1: welcome. I look welcome. forward to
3: reading it, Susan. Bye-bye.
1: All right. Bye-bye. All right. That was that was a good call, too. Um, so i got a couple more calls waiting for you here. And let me just say, we were talking about how dumb your burglar was about, you know, drinking, leaving his DNA somewhere. You know, I believe I told you a few weeks ago, I know dumb criminals. I'm related to them. I come from a family of dumb criminals. <laughs> Once, this was, of course, this was back before social media and and, and internet and stuff. And uh, one of my brothers was in jail, and the the building the um, stories high. So he did this old thing of you know, not taking the sheets, knotting them up, lowering them down, and got the other brother, asked the youngest brother, if he would get him a six pack of beer, and tie it on the end so that <laughs> him and his cellmates could have beer, right? So he could pull it up. <laughs> So he does. He goes <laughs> and buys it, gets it on there, you know, and, and he's pulling it up. Of course, by the time it gets there, somebody's there. Like, it never occurs to him how many win- – if he's sending it out a window, how many windows it's going to pass going up, and how many people are sitting by a window <laughs> just typing away and just of in their peripheral vision, getting, seeing something go by and go, was that a – nah, it couldn't have been. that somebody – that looked like a six-pack of beer, no, You know, like nobody's gonna see it and figure the out. So, of course, by the time they got it there, I don't think they even got one open before somebody. There's your dumb criminal I love story that. Too.
4: That's
2: great. <laughs> so, well, right.
0: not, but very, very resourceful. Very
1: resourceful.
2: <laughs> yeah, really. Yeah.
1: They'll never see it. All right, uh, we got several calls here, so I'm gonna start moving on through. Susan. Uh, hi, this is. Madam Perry Salon, thanks for calling. You're here with me and Susan Cox. So just introduce yourself. Say hello to Susan. And hello. I'm t- hi. Hi there. Hi. Oh, hi. Wasn't sure if it was my turn.
3: Hi. Um, hi. My name is uh, Mora Black, and I've read Susan's first book, and I loved it. And um, the thing that struck me about the book was that um, – all the characters were incredibly quirky and they also had quirky names to go with them and uh, kind of reminded me of um, some, you know, old 1930s and 40s movies and plays. And I just wondered how you came up with the the quirkiness of their characters and then how you came up with some of their names.
0: Oh, I don't think I've been asked that before. I like that question. Um, Well, interesting. All right. I, I will just I will just say that for some of the names, um, they were, I was actually okay. Let me let me go back about 20 years. Remember that I had this book um, under sort of I had been working on the book for a long time, and um, part of it was actually a thesis project. I, I, oh, that's a very complicated story. But I took a master's degree in creative writing, an MSW. What do they call it? MFA, but MFA,
2: yeah. um,
0: at the University of That's right, at the University of San Francisco. And my, my thesis project was a novel, and it was it was at least partly the novel that, that turned into the Man on the Washing Machine. And because of you know we were all students together, I was a co in a cohort with um, the same students for two years, and we went you know, and so a lot of my characters were named for the members of that writing cohort. So, for example, um. uh, Inspector Licklighter's name was one of my um, colleagues <laughs> in this class. <laughs> um, uh, Davy, Davy, uh, the the sort of juvenile delinquent um, boy, is named after one of my uh, fellow students. So, I, I changed a lot of the names over the over the you know various rewrites. But that so that was some of them. Um, the a couple of the others, um, Theo's name actually came because I wanted somebody um, – it's interesting that you mentioned the sort of 30s and 40s because I do love those books and I love the sort of uh, nicknames that girls had in those days. They would quite often be a sort of a masculine nickname, their name. Teddy or there would be, you know, Nikki, things like that. I, I just love those. So um, so when I was trying to find a name for Theo, I came up with a sort of, I guess it could be called a gender neutral name, although it isn't really. Um, and then I wanted, because her family has, um, she's the granddaughter of an earl, um, so the, the, And the British royal family has always had strong links to the Greek royal family. So I wanted a sort of a Greek name. I thought that was sounded pretty reasonable. So that's why I came up with Theophania, with Theo for short. And then Bogart, of course, came from Humphrey Bogart, whom I adore. Um, and I wanted a sort of um, a gumshoe name for her. So there you go.
2: <laughs> oh, that's great. Okay, well,
3: well I look forward <laughs> to reading your new book. I I, I uh, plan to
0: pick it up this week.
1: All oh, great. that's wonderful.
0: Well, thank you. That's great of you. Thanks so much. Thank You're you, welcome. Lauren. and thank Bye. you for
1: calling. All right. Sure. That was a great question. It was a great question. Yeah, <laughs> oh, I like that a lot. All right. We have. Uh, um, I think I think what I'm going to do. So since you've got people waiting for you, when I, so that they won't, so they'll okay. know it's them. I'm just going to, if they're confused, I'm going to just identify them by their area codes. <laughs> like a pageant name. Hi, this is Madam Perry. Thank you for calling Madam Perry Salon. You're talking with me and mystery writer, Susan Cox. So just come on in from your 440 area code, introduce yourself and say hello to Susan.
5: Uh, hi, Susan. This is John Keys Walker. I'm uh... Uh, calling to congratulate you on your award and also uh, to let you know how much I enjoyed your first one and how much I'm looking forward to your second one. Uh, and I was wondering... Uh,
0: well, that's terrific. Well, thank you so much for telling me that because <laughs> writing a second book is always a little worrying, you know.
5: <laughs>
0: <laughs> but thank you. Yeah.
5: For it. And, and I'm wondering... Uh, uh, if you can tell me why you think that um, murder mysteries are such a popular genre. They seem to last and last. Hello?
1: Yeah. Uh, Susan? Why are murder mysteries so popular? Can you still hear me? I think think Susan's had some difficulty with her internet, Uh. uh, Mr. Walker. So... Okay, and she just dropped. But I'm sure she's going oh. to call back in. Um, okay. So if you would do something for me while I wait for her to call back in, can you give me 45 sure. seconds and stay sure. with me? All right, I'm going to mute you and be back in 45. Thank you. Sure. And uh, so while we wait to get uh, award-winning mystery writer Susan Cox back on the line, got a little message from someone whose voice you may recognize. I mean the world has gone crazy, right? I mean this whole pandemic, I, I, I don't even know if I'm coming or going anymore, you know what I mean? But the one thing during the pandemic that I found out right,
0: that was a good thing
1: was the Madame Paris Salon. I mean this podcast, right, when you hear her laughing,
4: All you want to do is laugh.
1: Eh? When her dog's barking in the background and she's talking to the dog, she's going to an interview. And I'm like, this podcast is the best podcast I've ever heard before. You know what I mean? Ah, Sebastian, or I should say faux Sebastian Meniscalco. What a lovely thing to say. And award winning mystery writer Susan Cox. Are you back with me? Susan, still having trouble hearing you. So I'm going to try to call you from the studio. How about that, Susan? And I'll see if I can get you.
0: I, oh, oh, there you are. It's okay, hon. I, I, here I am again. Okay, good, good, good. Glad I got you back. Okay,
1: let's get back to John Keyes Walker, who was asking you why you thought British or thought murder will say it. and now quite a bit. Okay, all right. Um, um, I've got everything turned up. I've got my uh, all my things. Uh, John. Yes. Let's see if we can hear you. And if you could just speak up, um, or closer to the microphone.
5: Sure. Um, All right. Hopefully we'll be able to get Susan back on.
1: Yeah. Okay. So, Susan, can you hear John? It's like a seance. (laughs) 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 You know, I will say, uh, and Susan, just interrupt me any time that you feel like you can hear me or you can get through, but... um, Recently, John, uh, Susan and I were talking a couple of weeks ago, and she was saying that the reason – we were talking about the British mysteries that we like to watch on TV, and she said one of the reasons that they're so – you know, that we do like them is that she said since the Brits don't carry guns like the Americans do, that they have to be more clever and creative in how they dispose of someone or uh, – I can't, they can't just shoot them and push them off a cliff or in a lake or something – So, um, if you watch things like Midsummer Murders or whatever, oh, no, you just push them in the wine vat or um, kill them in the pickle relish factory or something. (laughs) Shove them on the conveyor belt. (laughs) Okay.
0: Susan? Yes, hon. I can hear you. The the connection is, is very. Off, off and on. I, I missed all of that, I'm afraid, except for the wine vat. I got that. You had to have been discussing <laughs> Midsummer Murders. Yes, yes, definitely. Okay,
1: all right. So, yeah. So tell John why we like murder mysteries. Are we just living vicariously through other people, or, or what is it?
5: Or <laughs> dying vicariously you know, through other people.
0: <laughs> I, you know, you know. You know what I, you know what I think it is? I, I cause obviously, I mean, this is, you know, this is a hundred years worth of murder mysteries. This is not going anywhere, anywhere, anytime soon. I think we're kind of, um, we just like to see justice done. I, I, I think that's part of it. i like, we like the good guys to win. Um, and I think it's sort of a, sort of an innate sense of justice, if you will, um, I've often thought myself, you know, you, you see somebody, a kind of a, an unpleasant person who's being unkind to somebody, and, and honestly, he's he's a bit of a bruiser, and you really don't feel like confronting him. But, you know, if you can read about somebody else, some other unpleasant person getting their come up in a you know, murder mystery book, <laughs> I think it's sort of satisfying. <laughs>
1: Okay, you have your reason. I'll have mine. Because whenever you think about somebody, you, I, I, well, will never mind about the vicariousness. Go ahead, folks. Susan, uh, John, anything?
5: Well, I, I was just thinking, uh, probably what you were thinking, uh, that uh, it allowed our dark sides to come out a little, a little bit more. It's not about the justice. It's about. Uh, living vicariously through the 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 dark side that we all possibly have but uh never acted oh. upon. and so we get to mm. read about that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. John, you oh, so sound you like you a writer. see <laughs> what what's
1: that? I said you either sound like a writer or a psychologist.
5: <laughs> or both. Well, you want you want the truth? The sure. Truth is that, Absolutely. Uh, I, I won the Mystery Writers of America Minotaur Award the year after Sue did oh, and we know each oh. other.
3: Okay. Fantastic.
5: <laughs> but we have well, never discussed, only that uh, the motivations for our work before. <laughs>
0: Fantastic. No, that's true. But 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 John's but John's books take place in the British Virgin Islands, so there's a there's a very different but very important um setting um, Difference there, um, and I, I'm going to mention it because I know John Warren. But his first was called um, Sun Sand Murder, and his second was Beach Breeze and Bloodshed. <laughs> um, and I, they're a terrific read. T- t- terrific read.
5: Two titles that I did not select, by the way. My book had <laughs> my books had different titles. And did you, Susan? Did your your books have? Uh, were they the original titles? The, I mean, they're very unique titles. Uh, they're very uh, oh, cool. memorable. But uh, is that what you started out with?
0: You know, that's an interesting question. Um, I Yes. It, this, the short answer is yes. Um, when I presented it to uh, Minotaur as part of the contest, the first one was called The Man on the Washing Machine. But I also have to say that I had had six or seven other titles prior to that, you know, of my own devising. It, it, it had been Murder Among Friends. It had been Love's Labour's Lost. I mean, it had been any number of things. But yes, the, uh, the, the. But the Man on the Washing Machine, for whatever reason, struck their fancy. And by the time I was about to write the second one, I don't know why. I just thought of the microwave oven as a sort of a, a sinister. Kind of follow up to the washing machine <laughs> <supply> <laughs> <series>. <laughs> so, but,
5: appliance.
1: But, but, so,
5: yeah.
1: <laughs> I'm laughing because I'm not laughing at the, I'm laughing because it's brilliant. <laughs>
2: uh.
0: Well, you know, I, I'm having the devil of a job coming up with the third semester appliance, so if anybody's got any <laughs> ideas, so that would be great. But, John, um, so your title, not your title?
5: My titles are not my titles, no. Uh, my titles were actually uh, named, originally planned to be uh, the translations of the Spanish names of the British Virgin Islands. The first uh, book took place on the island of Anagata, which mm-hmm. translates the drowned land. Uh, and uh, the publisher turned it into mm-hmm. uh, Sun San Murder. And my second mm-hmm. uh, book took place in Virgin Gorda, which translates from the Spanish to be the fat virgin. Uh, and that was going to be the title, uh, and they <laughs> turned that into Beach Freeze Bloodshed.
1: So, uh, <laughs> huh. All right.
0: Well, <laughs> well, that's great. Well, John,
1: well, I, John I look me up. So, go ahead, Susan.
0: No, I, I was just going to say, I actually liked your titles better, John.
5: I so do. there <laughs> you go.
0: I do, too. Although, yeah. you know, I, I think a, lo- a lot of writers will say this, though, that that it's Almost more difficult than writing the book is coming up with a good title. Um, it's, it's just very complicated. And then when you have found one that you think is wonderful, you Google it and find out that nine other people have used it already. Um, yes. Which yes. is okay because uh, titles are not copyrighted, as we know now, as I learned. Mm-hmm. I I loved my murder among friends. I thought that was just a, a suitably sinister and I, I just thought I was but then I realized that several other people had used it before and I I, I went off the idea. But um so it, it can be it can be really difficult, I have to say. All right. And John, please, uh
1: I I guess this is probably your first time listening to Madame Perry Salon and visiting here. Um thank you for checking it out. It's because of Susan. So, you know, it wasn't a beauty place. It wasn't a spa. It's based on the cultural salons of the past where there's a patroness of the arts. And one of my first guests, when Mm -hmm. I was a blog, went back and told everyone, I've been there. It looks like the inside of Jeannie's bottle. And then so the Jeannie thing stuck with several guests who would come in and go, oh, Moroccan design. You know, so, yeah, that's great. So, yeah, look me up on Facebook or somewhere. Tell me about your books. Yeah. And... uh, And, and listen again And I've and so uh, I've got another caller That's been waiting a long time for you And uh, and we'll look forward John to uh, reading Susan's next book Which I think is The Man in the Food Processor I'm not sure But yeah. <laughs> don't quote me Suitably <laughs> sinister
5: <that>. there
0: no. <laughs> Suitably <laughs> sinister, that's right <laughs> okay.
5: well, Good, good so, luck with the new one, Susan all
0: right. Thank you, John thank you, Thanks very much
1: thank you. Thanks for calling, John Oh, that was Take fun. Care. Hi. Welcome to Madam Perry's salon. This is Madam Perry. Thank you so much. You've waited so long. Thank you. And to just please introduce yourself and say hello to Susan Cox.
2: Hi. Um, Madam Perry, Hi there. is it my turn? It is your
1: turn. And you can call me Jan or Jennifer. You don't have to call me Madam. But, yes, it is your turn. Thank you for being so patient and waiting I hope we entertain well, you.
2: Been very entertained. Thank you. And hello, Sue. Um, I'm Jane Fowler. I live, I live in San Mateo, a suburb of San Francisco. And my question has sort of just been answered. Uh, I know you're reprising Theo in your next book. And I'm glad about that because she's a charming protagonist. And I'm looking forward to getting to know her better. My question was going to be In addition to reprising her, are you going to run through kitchen appliances?
0: <laughs> um, yeah, Jane, I'm sorry. I, I, again, I, I'm having
2: terrible tr- trouble with the connection. Would you mind repeating all of that? Okay. In addition to reprising Theo, are you going to run through kitchen appliances in your future books? I know you said you're trying to find something sinister. Um, yeah. Maybe, you know, I think uh, uh, a blender might be or a coffee machine. A coffee machine is ubiquitous. <laughs> mm-hmm. I don't I, think I it's have sinister. Thought of, um, a disposal unit. I thought that was nasty. Oh.
0: But, um... Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh. Susan Cox, you've been thinking about this. It's a little difficult to work into a title, you know. With it's, it's <laughs> just, yeah, it is. <laughs> but, um, yeah, no, that that's. I'm I'm really having a little trouble. I I've, I've I've thought of the deep freezer, which I guess would be perhaps an an easy one. Um. But, yeah, but I'm still working on it. Still working on it. <laughs>
2: Well, if I think of anything, I'll let you know.
0: Oh, I wish you would. I wish you would. It's lovely to hear your voice.
2: Well, I can't wait to read your book. I have it on pre-order for my oh, Kindle. Good. And when when they do that, they just pop up on the day of publication. So it should pop in Ooh, tomorrow. Nice. And I'm excited. Tomorrow, that's right. Tomorrow? <laughs> well, thank you, that. You know, I really do. It's hopefully this. Second best thing that's going to happen tomorrow. Oh, <laughs> oh well stated. <Yes>. And, <laughs> Ms. Fowler,
1: please tell me your first name again Jane. Jane, okay, Jane. Jane Fowler. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right. So, uh, yeah, I'm old enough to have heard all the good bands live, so I have trouble hearing sometimes. But anyway, but Jane, uh, so Jane, yeah, hopefully that'll be the, our second piece of good news for tomorrow, right? That's <laughs> right. I mean, at 830 tomorrow, I'm going to be working the phone banks again, just in case. They've got us in just in case anybody's hasn't voted or slacking off. So, uh, yeah, you that'll find be a that big hard? Thing.
2: Do you
1: find that hard uh, to call people? Mm-hmm. Well, they 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 pretty much have. It, it's, it's a nice system. You just sit there and they just call them and the list and it, it's it's very scientific. They've got the people and if they we uh, everything is right in front of you and uh, on the screen what to say. And the thing is, they said at the very end, you say this is paid for by the, the Democratic Committee for whatever. And they go, well, but people will think we're getting paid then. What do you say to that? And somebody said, well. Don't worry, That's the la- I've, I've never gotten that far. I've been doing this a long time. So <laughs> usually
2: by the people, you know, okay, 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 got to go. So that was all bad. Oh, yeah. I, haven't, I haven't volunteered to do it because I personally hate to get those kinds of phone calls. And I think if I hate hmm. to get them, I shouldn't be making them. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. It,
0: it, well it it kind of depends. I mean I I've I also feel I, I'm ambivalent. I, I've I've had some however, I've had some irritating phone calls of of that type, but I've also had some really interesting conversations with people who called. Um so, you know, it's it's kind of a crapshoot. One you know, it's kind of a six of one, half a dozen of the other for me. I'm I'm okay with it. I, I quite often have enjoyed the conversation, so it's you know
2: like I said, six of one, half a dozen of the other. Yeah, but I did not answer the call. But you know they call, so, you know. And you didn't forget to vote, did you? No, I didn't. I voted yeah. a couple of weeks ago.
1: Oh, good. Good. So, uh, yeah. well, I'll tell them that you guys have already voted. So they can just give me the morning off then.
2: Everybody's good. <laughs>
0: <laughs> You'll get credit so for it. I have it.
1: to
2: you. Yes, California okay. is not going to help anybody do anything. It's kind of a well, wasted vote. Where do you live? Are
1: you in California? I am, yes. Okay. In The
2: suburb of San Francisco.
1: Oh, all right. So,
2: yeah. Well,
1: hopefully. More. Jane, you probably can't tell what? from listening to me talk. You probably hear me and think that I'm in New York or somewhere. But I'm in Atlanta, Georgia. <laughs> Good for you. <laughs> so so uh, we're doing what we can. We're doing what we can down here. We really are. And it's a dedicated team of people. So, um, well, you have well, a
2: couple of really good contests going on there. Oh, yes, we do.
1: Yeah. Yeah, we do. Mm-hmm. And so I'm looking forward to the word on that, too. Well. Ladies, this has been, and ladies, and John, because John's still listening with us, uh, this has been great. I have enjoyed Susan Cox. I am so thrilled. I'm so thrilled. I love the first book. I know I'm going to love The Man in the Microwave Muffin. Uh, and <laughs> it launches tomorrow, and people can get it anywhere that you can find good books and if it's not at your local bookstore you want to support them ask them to order it they really don't mind and that starts the conversation and people saying the name of the book over and over and then that's how it happens uh award-winning mystery writer susan cox
0: thank you for being here and i well, wish it's you been very much my pleasure very much you... my pleasure and your your listeners have been great your, your callers were wonderful my, Your callers are wonderful. They call for you, not me.
1: So, uh, But thank you very much. No, my audience, and a lot of people will listen later and um, later, and then they'll leave messages. My audience, my listeners tend to be very warm, very intelligent, very fun people. And often if they don't know about somebody or somebody that's going to be on the show or a subject, they'll go and find out more than what I know before they come and listen, and then they'll send me messages about it. So I am very, very lucky, very blessed there indeed. So thank you so much. Um, Time is gone. It just flew. It was like a party. I think next time you come, we're just going to have a band and beverages, uh, adult (laughs) beverages maybe if you like.
0: Sounds like (laughs) a great idea. I love it.
1: And then I think (laughs) we'll swing. So in in thinking about, like Jane said, uh, with the other news we may have tomorrow, I think we're going to go positive. And uh, I think John is still with us here. And I'm going, that's where I'm going to end with this song
2: called Everything.
1: they have the all I'm your nursery When you it off, you dream of a you Mother
3: sing.